Welcome to the Everything Coworking Podcast, where you learn what you need to know about how the world wants to work. And now your host, co-working space owner and trend expert, Jamie Russo. Welcome to the Everything Coworking Podcast. This is your host, Jamie Russo. So my guest today is Miro Miroslavov. He is the CEO and co-founder of Office R&D, and he's on the show, not just because we have lots of Office R&D fans that listen, but also because his team has invested in um, leveraging the data that they have on their platform, all aggregated and anonymized to help us take a look at some flex KPIs, to help operators understand what their recovery rate looks like um, in comparison to a global benchmark, and to help them make decisions about their business. So this is the first iteration of Office R&D's Flex Index. You can grab that at officerd.com forward slash flex index. And we linked that up in the show notes for you as well. So he shares a walkthrough of the flex index, which I love to listen to instead of having to sit down and read through and the five KPIs that they're tracking. So I'm not going to um, make this intro long because I think we can just dive into uh a quick background on Miro and Office R&D, and then a walk through the Flex Index and the KPIs that they're measuring. I am here today with the CEO and co-founder of Office R&D, Miro Miroslavov. Miro, did I say your last name correctly? Yes. Uh, All right. <laughs> so this is a treat because, well, you and I did a little kind of co-keynote for your Flex World conference this past October, and we get to hang out on the GWA calls. Miro is a board member this year on the Global Workspace Association, um, but we don't get to sort of catch up and and I have some questions about your background that I want to get into. So Miro is joining us from Bulgaria. And Mira, what time is it for you? It's in the evening. So it's 7 p.m. in the evening, yeah. 7 p.m. So he's spending his like dinner after dinner time with us, um, which is also an honor because he has a new member of the family. How old is your baby now? It's just uh, 40 and two days, 42 days. 42 days. Yes. So <laughs> a real newborn. <laughs> yes. Miro is living through new daddom. And we talked about that a little bit in the pre-chat. So um, he he seems pretty coherent. So hopefully we'll do just fine. We'll cut you some slack, Miro, if uh if if you need it. But Miro, Office R&D has a lot going on. So I want just for anybody who maybe isn't aware of what Office R&D is, I would just kind of love to have you, you know, give a quick intro. I will mention that lots of my, I run a program called the Coworking Startup School. Lots of those members use Office R&D. I run a program, kind of a mastermind program for operators um, called the Flight Group. And lots of those folks um, use Office R&D. We actually had our own Office R&D interest group running for a while. Hannah Mosteller, 
um, who recently moved from Atlanta. Well, she was at Fireworks in Atlanta and recently moved to Industrious. She was running our interest group. So lots of office R&D fans probably listening. But yeah, tell us a little bit about office R&D. And then I would love to hear just like the short version of the backstory of how you started office R&D. Well, totally. First of all, Jamie, thank you so much for uh, for having me here. It's uh, it's 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 always so good to to see you. And now it's uh, it's amazing actually to to have a chat about uh, about what we are trying to do. And, and and yeah, I just spent some time. So briefly about Office R and D and why we started. So um, I think probably you, yeah, um, most of you know that we are trying to build uh, um, one of the leading uh, flex space uh, management platforms out there. Uh, we started 2015. Um, actually, the very first idea was to build a platform that's more like a corporate workplace management solution. Uh, that was the very first idea because we came out of a relatively big uh, uh, software company, uh, and we thought this this wasn't managed properly. So we can we can actually build something uh, better to manage uh, the workplace of a very fast changing dynamic uh, company. And with that idea, we uh, we relocated to London because we were invited to join a um, uh, an, an accelerator uh, there called PyLabs, which is Proct Innovation Labs. Uh, and, and we ended up in a co-working space called Second Home, uh, which was uh, incredible. I think it was probably at the time one of the most iconic spaces out there with the most beautiful design and, and a lot of hype around that. And we just fell in love with the concept. Um, also, we are coming, both me and my co-founder, who is also called Miro, for simplicity. <laughs> I, yes, I, I forgot to mention that, but I remember when um, I first met your team, I was like, wait, they're both Miro? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not that popular name here, but uh, yeah, anyway. So, so um, we're coming from the software industry, and we've, we, we told... We, we've seen firsthand the change from a traditional software to software as a service. What's a huge impact it made on the whole world, not just the software industry, uh, but the whole world dramatically changed how people use software. Uh, and the quality of software increased so much because when it's as a service, you can change your software easily and get a better high quality software without buying the whole thing over and over again. So we saw the same concept in, in the coworking space and we thought that space as a service, it's so much better and office as a service because it actually creates competition and it creates um, better service for the end customer. So the end customer can choose uh, the space and if they're not satisfied, they can move to another space and so forth without the commitment. Consumerization of work, right? Like of yeah, the office, exactly. which was right, a big shift at that time. Yeah. Yeah. And we thought this is this is just incredible. And, and we decided to to focus our whole attention on building our our, our work workspace management platform uh, from a generic, uh, let's say, uh, workplace management into co-working uh, space management. Uh, and uh, yeah, ever since uh, we've been uh, we've been focused on on, on solving uh, the problems of the cork industry. Uh, there's so many uh, and, and so big. <laughs> Six seven years down the road, we still have like a massive list of things to uh, to work on and to to, to improve. Uh, it's an endless uh, game, but we're super excited 
uh, where the industry is going. And obviously now it's um, with COVID, despite uh, the, the super difficult two years, uh, we are extremely bullish about about the future and uh, and where our industry is uh, is, is is going. To. Yeah, and I should have before I dove right into your intro. Part of, that's what we're going to talk about today is you have sort of you know committed to data analytics and sharing some of that with the industry to help give some insights around what's happening out there. So you've created a flex index, um, which we're going to talk about today. And I love the name and some specific KPIs that you're tracking that can help folks understand kind of um, where the industry is trending, where we're going. So in 2015, that was a kind of a big bet. You showed up at a co-working space with sort of one angle on what you were doing. And then you said, we're going to place all of our bets on co-working, which was still Sorry to interrupt again, but one of, one of our investors uh, uh, who is a very, very uh, successful entrepreneur, uh, angel investor, he was joking with me uh, that we managed to choose the worst industry, the worst target market ever from the whole world. Like, could have been <laughs> anything else because <laughs> there were probably just a few thousand spaces around the world at that time. So... Uh, when you do the math, even right, it's and that's what the investors want to see. Way you can actually build a business around that, right. like a decent yep. any business uh, whatsoever, especially in the software industry where the investment to build a software is huge, yeah. and you certainly need enormous amount of customers to to justify the uh, the initial investment and all that. Uh, so yeah, uh, they were joking with me that we managed to just. Yeah, choose the worst uh, target customer ever. <laughs> when, when you put your slide up that says total addressable market and write it's like yeah, it's thousand. Zero. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny, by okay, the way. Next. <laughs> years down the road, uh, this same uh, angel investor and entrepreneur and, and, uh, and, and, and person actually built the largest corking space on the Balkans, uh, which happens to be in Sofia. And it's also where we... We have offices at him. Um, oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, so he ended up building the largest uh, uh, corporate space now with more than a thousand uh, members uh, wow. in the city of Sofia. So I think, yeah, I, 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 of course, I joke with him as well because of course, <laughs> right? Does he yeah. use your software? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Although they're a difficult customer. <laughs> I bet they are. I, I bet I yeah. totally bet they are. Yeah. I mean the, the market is growing. What are we up to now? 20,000? I should know this. Uh, yeah, I think it's about about that. Uh, although we also struggle to uh, <laughs> yeah, to count them. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's very dynamic. It is dynamic, and there's a lot of growth in Asia, a lot of growth kind of, yeah, outside of the U.S. So um, your users are worldwide? Yes, yeah. So anybody uh, anywhere in the world can use your software? Yeah, so we probably serve about 80, 90 countries. Um, but I would say that uh, I think about 50% of our customers are actually in the U.S., Okay, but 50% outside. And you have a significant team in Atlanta. Yeah. Yes, initiated by uh, Michael Everett. <laughs> yes, 
<laughs> I love it. You ask me why, why, why we have a, an office in Atlanta? Because right. It's unconventional to for a European-based startup yeah, to, actually to pick Atlanta, to the US, and pick Atlanta. Uh, yeah. No one really understands <laughs> the logic. Although Atlanta has has had a quicker than average recovery rate from the pandemic. I think more people going, I see, you know, some of these comparisons, more people going back to the office and there's tech and there's entertainment. There's a lot of, lot happening there. So. Oh, yeah. totally. Georgia tech and, and, and SaaS is, yeah. is, is booming there. And there are now three, four unicorns. So yeah. a billion dollar uh, software yeah. company. Uh, Calendly's over. there. I'm a big Calendly yeah. user. <laughs> I also yeah. Yeah. So uh, I I'm so happy actually with our uh, completely random decision. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Well, I love. I think that's like part of the special thing about our industry because so Michael Efforts was a an Office R and D user, and he was like a super user and so passionate. And you guys did like a road trip. I remember him saying, oh, Office R&D is coming next week. They're going to hang out. And I was like, they're coming to Atlanta to see you, Michael. That's a big commitment given, right, when you come to the U.S., Atlanta is not usually your, you know, on the list of sites to see. And then, uh, yeah, no, then he he joined the team, which I love. So, um, okay, so let's dive into the Flex Index. Hey, I just wanted to jump in really quickly before we continue with our discussion. If you're working on opening a co-working space, I want to invite you to join me for my free masterclass, three behind the scenes secrets to opening a co-working space. If you're working on opening a co-working space, I want to share the three decisions that I've seen successful operators make when they're creating their co-working business. The masterclass is totally free. It's about an hour. And include some Q&A. If you'd like to join me, you can register at everythingcoworking.com forward slash masterclass. If you already have a co-working space, I want to make sure you know about Community Manager University. Community Manager University is a training and development platform for community managers, and it can be for owner operators. It has content training, resources, templates from day one to general manager. The platform includes many courses that cover the major buckets of the community manager role from community management, operations, sales and marketing, finance, and leadership. The content is laid out in a graduated learning path, so the community manager can identify what content is most relevant to them depending on their experience and kind of jump in from there. We provide a live brand new training every single month for the community manager group. We also host a live Q&A call every single month so that the community managers can work through any challenges that they're having or opportunities, um, get ideas from other community managers, build their own peer network. We also have a private Slack group for the group. So if you're interested in learning more, you can go to everythingcoworking.com forward slash community manager. And yeah, tell us kind of why you decided to do this. Um, you know, what the KPIs you're measuring, give us kind of the, the intro to the, to the flex index. And it is, well, it's, it's on the office R and D website. It's really easy to find. Um, we've also linked it up in the show notes, so you can just pop over to our website and get the link to the page as well. And you can download it. It's a PDF and you can see all the data 
we're going through. Although Mira, I was thinking last night, so I was late prepping for our podcast because I was out of the office last week and my daughter was at a math class and I was like, okay, I need to read this. I need to put the dishes away. I need to do some gift wrapping. And I was like, this is why it's brilliant to put it on a podcast because we can give people the highlights and they can just multitask instead of having to go through the PDF, which is also nicely done. So anyway, over to you, I'll let you walk through and I'll, um, I'll jump in when I want to dig into something. Yeah. So long story short, uh, obviously uh, COVID happened uh, to, to, to our industry and it was, it was such a massive event uh, that at some point uh, we started to, to ask ourselves what's actually the effect of COVID uh, on our industry as a whole. So what really happens? Um, and obviously we have, we have a lot of data um, that's collected in the platform about occupancy, bookings, and utilization of different spaces. Um, and at some point, we decided that using this information in a completely aggregated and anonymous way can, can really help everyone out there to figure out if their space is, um, is developing or uh, moving according to, uh, uh, to the whole industry, uh, to the benchmark, uh, or is it not? And we thought that by by aggregating all of this information, we can help uh, the entire industry get better uh, and more advanced uh, in how they think about their businesses and and how they move forward. Um, So we decided to hire um, uh, data analysts uh, and and build a proper data team uh, so that we can seriously try to, to figure out and spot what's happening in the industry and how it's developing, how, how, how things are moving forward and how COVID also um, affected the industry. So we started with five KPIs um, just to start somewhere. Uh, we, we thought carefully uh, which KPIs to choose. Uh, and so far we settled on, on these five. So static occupancy of desks, uh, then the revenue per available desk or workstations or RevPal, uh, then uh, these are more on the uh, on the let's call them uh, assignable uh, spaces, and then the the bookable spaces. So uh, we looked into meeting spaces, so bookings per meeting space, average booking duration for paid meeting space bookings, and then the the total booking revenue per uh, meeting space. So the last three are are the more dynamic use of, of space and the first two are the more static uh, kind of occupancy and, and revenue based. Um, and that, that's, that's the idea. It's, it's really uh, to build out a free resource uh, that can help uh, the entire industry to, um, to see the, the, the bigger trends uh, that are happening. And also um, I'm hopeful that this can, can be used in the future um, by landlords and developers uh, that want to explore our industry and, and want to participate um, in, in my opinion, the best possible way through a management agreement and partnership with, uh, with co-working and flex space operators and, uh, and yeah, work together to, to grow um, the whole flex space industry. 
So that's that 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 was our idea. Um, we want to try to build that regularly um, each month. Uh, so uh, we'll see. It's very time consuming, though. It's uh, it's a lot of effort uh, to uh, to pull it off. So uh, we'll see how it goes. Um, so far, uh, it's been received very well. Um, see a lot of uh, huge interest. So we might end up doing it. Uh, each month, um, or we were thinking about each quarter, but uh, because there is interest, we will probably do it each month. Um. <laughs> I know everybody wants the data, which I, I mean, I think this is kind of what you're thinking. You serve so many, you know, operators, but most of those operators, they may be multi-site operators, so they have some sense of their own portfolio and the differences, but. Most operators are kind of sitting in their little silo, looking around and saying, "Okay, you know, how am I doing compared to the guy down the street or the guy in another city?" Um, and I, you know, this is such an interesting time because geographies are, you know, returning or recovering at such different rates. So, um, so a question about so tell me, static desk occupancy yeah. is that what is that? mean what is that what what is that unit so for us static desk occupancy basically means whether um a desk being a dedicated desk or a private office desk is um on a on a monthly or yearly membership uh, or some sort of a, a contract uh that says it's occupied yeah so Static means there is a membership or a contract for this desk uh, in particular. Like an in, 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 a specific sort of inventory desk, but not yeah. hot desks. So flex memberships not captured here? Totally not captured. So uh, static desk occupancy is purely for, for desks that are fully uh, dedicated um, in some way or another. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And then the um, revenue per available workspace, same thing. The available workspace is defined as a dedicated inventory yeah. of, yeah. So that's a dedicated inventory of some sort. Um, it's a single unit, so one desk, yeah. private office desk or some sort of, of a dedicated uh, unit desk workspace workstation <laughs> yep. um and 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 that's an aggregated uh view of of the the, the average revenue per um, available unit across the globe uh but that also considers uh the currencies and all of that in a very uh, advanced and, and and proper way um so we wanted to see the global trends. That might actually be uh, considered a flow uh, of the index because it's a truly global uh, index. So, and especially with COVID, uh, and you mentioned, Jamie, that um, the whole world uh, was weird. So we've seen lockdowns um, and at the same time, in one area and part of the world, and at the same time, another area is completely wild and everything's open and working. <laughs> right. Meanwhile, California just reinstated uh, mask mandates for all indoor locations statewide. Right. 
Right. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <I think> <laughs> At the time of this report. It was a good example of, of everything's uh, Everything's open and Texas is is booming and and, and yep. Melbourne in Australia it's it's completely locked down and and you cannot whatever leave the house, uh, which is obviously very difficult for uh, for the spaces. So um, when you consider it that uh, it kind of has um, an implication on the global uh, view uh, of the index because it's kind of flattening uh, things out a little. Right. Um, so in the future, uh, we might consider also building more of a localized uh, version uh, versions of the index. Uh, so that can be uh, probably uh, more helpful. Obviously, I think in the hotel industry and so, uh, and so many other uh, real estate industries that are very sophisticated you know, and advanced, uh, these things exist and they bring uh, tremendous value uh, to, uh, to the operators because... Um, you can truly assess um, where you are in terms of uh, uh, rates and occupancy and, and, and all that. So let's dive into your the highlights of your findings, which are um, on the report that you produced. Mm-hmm. Do you want to kind of hit the highlights for us? Uh, totally, yeah. So uh, what we're seeing is... Uh, yeah, obviously there was a huge drop uh, in April. Um, so overall, the index is a five component. So it's uh, from zero to five um, average using the, the 2019 as a benchmark because it's a stable year. There's no COVID. Right. Disasters around the globe. So um, we use it as a benchmark uh, year. And then the five KPIs um, that we've put together make the index from zero to five. So if five is the average uh, in in 2019, so uh, March, April, uh, May uh, 2020, uh, we've seen the drop uh, from five to uh, 3.1, 3.2. So significant drop of how flex space has been used uh, and then it kind of stayed flat uh, for a little while <laughs> actually for a year uh, and more and then things started to uh, significantly improve in March 2021 uh, and then going upwards from there uh, to uh, for November uh, uh, this year uh, so last month uh, basically to 4.3 so we're getting very close to actually uh, the pre-pandemic levels. Um, our estimation is that we'll see, uh, let's call it the full recovery or uh, yeah. a recovery <laughs> of the flex space industry uh, to the same levels as 2019. Uh, we'll probably see it uh, in Q1 next year, uh, maybe March. Of course, I mean, there is now Omicron and, and yeah. more uncertainty around that, uh, which I'm personally hopeful that it's not going to create as big of a problem as 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 so many people think uh, but who knows um but still our esti- our estimation is that uh, by march uh, things will um recover as a whole um so from the five different kpis uh the desk occupancy was the least to fluctuate actually uh so the biggest drop uh was in march uh 2021 
Uh, but it was gradually going down ever since the pandemic happened until yeah, that's March. interesting isn't it i mean that's yeah. just kind of indicating the behavior of people sort of keeping desk memberships and then it, a real delay in sort of that yeah. hitting the bottom yeah that's really yeah. interesting i don't well, know that this, i would have this, guessed that. this also has some um it, it's it's also kind of related to uh, to the fact that all of our customers are also doing yearly contracts and uh, ah. especially ah. In, yep. in some countries, the license agreements uh, that are mostly uh, yearly. Yeah, uh, Miro, so that's, that's a great point that I just didn't think about when I was looking at that. Right. So people <laughs> who had been hooked in, right, slowly sort of unwinding that commitment. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And then so people all starting things, over, right? People may have, yeah. yeah, we see yeah. that uptick starting like May-ish. I mean, kind of, you know, <laughs> up, down, up, down for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, th- I think uh, things things started to go seriously up and then uh, Delta happened. <laughs> yeah. this, is, this is visible uh, on every KPI uh, that we've, uh, we've put together. So uh, Delta in, uh, I think, March, uh, 21 uh, was a big, uh, big issue. Um, but overall, after that, uh, it's been it's been on a positive trend. So uh, all the KPI has been going up, um, including the the occupancy, um, and even the occupancy rates uh, will likely be on par um, with uh, with uh, 2019, uh, even next month or, uh, or maybe, uh, very early. after the holidays. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the holidays. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the static desk occupancy, it's more stable. So it's, it's less, um, mm-hmm. yep. uh, seasonal. So, uh, for example, the booking related things, they're very seasonal as well. Uh, so certainly December will be slower. Um, you can clearly see, all of them uh, being uh, slow in December, being slow uh, in August, uh, a little bit of July, and then very strong in uh, October, November. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but the, the occupancy it's it's more uh, it's more stable. Yeah. Um, surprisingly, or not, uh, the revenue per available uh, desk uh, uh, went down, um, and and actually the drop was. Um, a lot bigger uh, than the the than the occupancy. So we assume that uh, that's caused by people adding more, uh, giving more discounts or even free uh, uh, free memberships, uh, just to to keep uh, to keep the customers. So um, there is usually a saying that you can always keep your occupancy one hundred percent. However, it's important at what price. So yeah. it's. Um, it's important to uh, to keep the revenue uh, flowing. We expect that this this actually will grow significantly uh, in the future uh, to a certain degree uh, that that things are recovering. But also, I think now with uh, uh, with the inflation uh, and 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 ra- uh, raising prices on on all sorts of things, uh, we we believe. Um, um, 
the, the, the spaces should also start charging more. Um, Which is actually a great point. I work with a lot of operators who are very hesitant to, to raise their prices. If anyone's listening, January 1st is an ideal time. We're a little late in terms of giving notice, but as contracts renew, yeah, the, I mean, the cost of everything is going up. I'm in California. Our uh, price, gas per gallon for the premium gas is $5.40 a gallon. So yeah, <laughs> I, I was just in San Diego. It's not as, as bad in, in San Diego, but it, it's certainly not as bad in other parts of the... So I don't know what our particular issue is, but certainly, yes, the cost of doing business is going up. It's a global phenomenon every, everywhere. The, the electricity, gas, uh, construction materials, everything's wow. going significantly up. Um, so I'm sure the future uh, spaces so that are coming to market uh, next year, uh, their cost to, to build yes. will be actually oh. a lot higher. Um, yep. So the price inevitably should go higher. Uh, there is just no way to, <laughs> yep. uh, to, uh, to stop that. But I think the, the mindset piece of that, so I think it's it's helpful to see this data because I think operators, when they're operating in a little bit of a, a bubble, they, you know, the pain that they felt as we see, you know, lowering price to get people to stay and then living with that fear of if I change my prices, will they go? And they want to maintain that occupancy. So there's a lot of market dynamics happening right now because demand is also increasing. And, um, you know, some markets have less competition because spaces have gone out of business and it's taking time to add new co-working or flex inventory, you know, to a market. We've, we've heard, you know, that about markets, particularly in the U S. So, um, so I think this is helpful in giving folks perspective in what's happening around the world, right. Um, occupancy is going up revenue per available workspace, uh, is is starting to creep up, although further from pre-pandemic levels, if I'm looking at this right. Yeah, still 10% yeah. uh, on the, the 2019 average, yeah. which actually, um, yeah, if you, if you look at it, it's um, in the late uh, 2019 was like uh, 110% from uh, from the average. So the drop was, was more like 35%, uh, which is um significant yeah. uh for uh for every business to uh yeah to sustain so it's good it's going up um not as fast as as, as we were hoping to see but uh steadily <laughs> so um um yeah i i think a lot of uh a lot more data actually can be uncovered uh, on that point uh and you mentioned something interesting. So obviously there is now a big difference uh, in in central city spaces versus uh, suburban spaces um, in terms of occupancy rates and, and whatnot. So that also might be an interesting slice uh, to have a look uh, and maybe, uh, maybe help people uh, make uh, better decisions for, uh, for, for planning uh, more locations in the future. Um, to your point, Miro, I'm right. There are, you could spend <laughs> a lot of your resources digging into this data. <laughs> and I, yeah, I, so I love that you guys are to kind of making the commitment to do this because there's not a lot of industry data, right? We, do, we have very few, do we have 
three, I think, public companies in the space, IWG, ServeCore, and WeWork. So there's yeah. not a lot of public data. And, and those are, you know, look different than independent operators with, you know, one to a few locations. So, um, yeah, totally. And, and I think IWG is the only company that can put together something like this at the moment. Uh, but they obviously want because it's a huge advantage for, for right. them having this data yeah. and, yes. and huge disadvantage for everyone else not having it. Right. <laughs> Um, yeah. <laughs> yes. So thank you. Um, yeah. So, so right. Yeah. So, even even WeWork probably cannot really uh, make a um, good yep. enough uh, uh, benchmark at the moment because, because as big as WeWork is, right, their N is still low. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the the last three three KPIs were all about bookings, where we saw a massive drop. So. Uh, and uh, obviously that that makes total sense. I mean, if you're under lockdown, you're not booking, making any bookings or, or whatsoever. So um, especially the number of bookings per meeting space dropped from uh, from a high um, hundred to uh, as low as 20, uh, 20 points, so twenty percent, uh, which is very dramatic um, utilization of the meeting spaces. Uh, then. It kind of started to recover, but not so much. There is uh, fluctuations uh, throughout the year, uh, but it's still steadily recovering. So at the moment, it's at 70 uh, something percent, uh, which is um, which is good. Uh, it's 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 certainly recovering, uh, and we believe if. Omicron doesn't <laughs> explode. Um, that by Q1, uh, at the end of Q1, uh, the three different uh, booking-related KPIs uh, will uh, climb to uh, uh, to the um, benchmark of 2019. Um, obviously, I mean, meeting spaces is 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 a type of of, of space that's more uh, dynamic and and certainly. Um, more prone uh, to the circumstances if even though people might keep their offices yeah. and desk memberships if they're not going to the to the spaces obviously they're not booking uh, meeting rooms and, and so forth and then so, any variable meeting room booking was just gone yeah that's a huge drop yeah. but also a faster recovery that recovery trend just looks better than I maybe would have thought, even though we're still well below 2019. Yeah, yeah, it it it's surprisingly not as bad as I thought too. Yeah, <laughs> and it's although if you if you look at it, so so many spaces. This was a such a serious uh, part of their uh, their top line and their revenue and yeah. and if it stays for two years at 40 percent of what yeah. used to be yeah. um, a year ago that's huge significant 100 percent. yeah and that, that's very variable some spaces rely heavily on meeting room booking so miro is actually like from, from just 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 observing some, yeah. some customers and 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 because Obviously, we, we spend a lot of time with them. We've seen a lot of meeting rooms also converting to private offices and, uh, and that type of, of yeah. changes are also happening. Um, and it makes sense because 
private desk occupancy, as we saw, it's uh, it's so much more stable and and also the demand for it. Uh, we don't have demand data, so uh, we don't know that well <laughs> on that front. Uh, are there other um, people focusing on this? Um, you're doing great job, so. But certainly on the occupancy level, we see the end result of it. So the demand yeah. is there. Um, and I'm sure the demand for meeting spaces will um, will come uh, back as well. Um, something else that we are particularly excited about and want to develop in the future is, is, is looking into more of the truly uh, dynamic uh, use of space, not just the static desk occupancy, but also the dynamic utilization uh, related maybe to um, using hot desks and unassigned unassigned desk memberships of all the different flavors from day passes, hourly passes to more of a monthly memberships and yeah. all that. Well, and there are more flavors than ever before <laughs> post COVID. <Yeah. laughs> totally. And even like uh, day offices, uh, that's a huge trend like um and so that's not really captured the whole, like the office share the or is yeah. it captured no it's it's currently it's not, not dedicated it might be dedicated to a few people yes that was one of the hot topics in our in our um slack channel for office r&d is how to use office r&d <laughs> to manage sh- office shares and you know yeah. or, or buy a you know buy a bucket of hours because right, <laughs> yeah. I mean, but you that that's why you know your list. I says part of the reason I suspect your development list gets so long is COVID has really just changed. You know, I think dedicated space will remain. You know, the majority of the revenue for most spaces. But to your point, okay, how do we make up for meeting room revenue? How do we you know get people in to use flex space? And this KPI, it occurs to me, is not revenue based it's just people using meeting rooms so it could be members with credits or um, mm-hmm. members booking and not paying so we've got you know folks taking zoom calls and <laughs> so that may be why this is re- recovering faster but if yeah. we move through the kpis uh um, well, there, there, yeah. there is a kpi for the revenue by the way uh that's uh, number four yeah five, i know so. i'm kind of skipping ahead here but <laughs> yeah yeah which also but is that's actually part. better. That's recovering better than the um, than the booking than the bookings number. Yeah, hmm. which is surprising. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but it's uh, yeah, it's it's what we're seeing. So um, the booking revenue for meeting space is uh, is is at eighty uh, percent from uh, from what it used to be in twenty nineteen, which is uh, which is very encouraging. Uh, it's it's coming, coming back uh, and seems to be, um, yeah, people are booking uh, and paying for uh, for meeting spaces, which is, which I also assume we, we see a lot more uh, corporate customers and, and talking to partners on the, uh, on the aggregator uh, marketplace side of things. Uh, so the demand side, um, there is a lot more interest from, uh, from corporates for um, for meeting spaces for private offices, so we we certainly probably see the result of that here. Yep, and a lot of offices, well, certainly where I am, still not open. 
And so if people need to meet, um, yeah. you know, they yeah. need to do it. But, you know, I, so I um, emceed the WorkTech conference in San Francisco last week, which is really focused on corporate occupiers. There was one other flex person there. So we were not well represented, but right. it's so interesting well, and it's very specific to my geography, right? Because Northern California is just very conservative and very slow moving. But the, you know, some Stripe, the, so I moderated a panel, the um, head of real estate for Stripe, an amazing woman. And she has people all over the world. And they're trying to figure out these policies of how to, you know, how to create an approach that works, you know, it's super interesting to just to listen. And Miro, I know you guys are helping. You mentioned, you know, we talked about the the sort of co-working market being small and you had so much demand for supporting, you know, corporate occupiers in their effort to, you know, go back to the office and, and book space and whatnot, that you're probably seeing some of that too. It's like, they're just really trying to figure things out still. They don't know. And I think, right we're we're still maybe not getting much of that demand because it's just not there yet uh, yeah. yeah and i think a and lot it's of very difficult to to pull it together it's extremely difficult from a yeah. corporate point of view i just even at our scale of uh, 120 people it's so difficult to establish a rule that makes sense yeah. and it, it's usable and 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 people like it. <laughs> oh, exactly. And that was really... if you put that at scale of thousands of yeah. people, I can't yep. imagine the totally. Context. And and that was kind of her. She was like, "Look, I, you know, we're trying a lot of things, and we're iterating. So, 2022 is going to be we're going to roll some things out and see how it goes, and we might have to, you know, to, to you know to sort of pivot their approach because they're really trying to to figure out." She seemed very on board with flex. And I think they use a lot of flex in smaller markets. Um, but the other just sort of sense I got was that corporate employees really like to be at home. Like yeah. they don't want to go to the office. And I think those of us who really love co-working are like, why wouldn't you go to a co-working space if you could? And I think we're just still not getting that demand. I think it's still in front of us because the corporate users still don't know about Flex and they're so happy to not have to go to the corporate office. They're just like at home. And some of them are solving the problem of, you know, whatever, cleaners come and dogs bark and, you know, some of them are roommates and I can't be at home, right? But it's just like the overall sense I got was just like, yeah, these people really like working at home. So yeah. <laughs> I thought, okay, well, so it's going to be a while before, you know, we start to, but, you know, the meeting space, the, how do we get them to experience, you know, what you described, you know, at second home, like beautiful, like, why wouldn't you want to go there? You know, but it's, I think it's still in front of us. Humans are really like slow to change. Yeah, no, totally. It's, it's in front of us and and we, we're still yet to see this uh this this really converting into uh, into corporate users uh consuming flex and corking spaces at scale uh, i think yeah. we've seen just a little of it uh now but uh, there is so much more and especially on um yeah booking meeting rooms for a day meet 
private offices for a day, that that kind of stuff. Because, yeah, a lot of corporate uh, uh, employees will work from home, uh, but at the same time, I mean, you have to work with your team from time to time. Yes. I mean, yep. it, I don't know. I'm 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 completely lost at home nowadays. I just cannot do it anymore. <laughs> I want to see people and I want to work with mm-hmm. uh, with the team and 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 just be out there and 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 brainstorm and and have the community around me. It's uh, it's so much nicer. Totally, uh, I'm totally in that camp, which is why I was like, wait, really? I- I think it's just a different because we get to really make that ultimate choice for ourselves. And so, but I also think like for co-working spaces, like keep chasing the people who make the decision, you know, because the, the corporate decision I think is pretty binary still. It's like, you're either going to the office or you're at home. And so this sort of in the middle, we'll, we'll get there, but um, yeah. Yeah, and we'll try to capture that also in in uh, in the flex index going forward. We'll try to see if we can dig out data uh, to keep an eye on, on on these trends. This is this is really the, the idea here to to see and spot trends uh, that are uh, useful uh, for uh, for the entire industry and 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 can uh, make some help some people to to make better uh, better decisions about their business. So. I hope to be able to dig out uh, some of these uh, going forward, uh, these trends uh, in a <laughs> in a in a more visible uh, and uh, and justifiable way. Yeah, well, right, and that could be a a full time gig for somebody making software. But so <laughs> yeah. the one KPI that you're tracking that we didn't um, go through is just duration of meeting space. So that looks like that you know maybe didn't change a ton took a while to come back but that's almost back yeah which is uh, that's that's also positive so it says yeah. people actually are spending now uh good time uh in in meetings in the office yeah uh, which is very positive like uh from from um 60 down from 100 to 40 now uh, back to 93 it's uh it's a very steady uh, and, and and good recovery. So people are going now to the office and 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 spending good time in in meeting spaces with other people, and <laughs> which is encouraging. <laughs> yeah, and this is paid meeting space, so I think that's really positive too. So this yeah. is not just a member who you know booked their your space and to sit for five hours on Zoom. <laughs> And not and not pay for that space. So um, hopefully, if you're using Office R&D, your members are at least using credits and um, getting. You know, there was a joke about the hybrid way of working that uh, you can really get the worst of, of both worlds uh, if you go to the office and your whole day on Zoom. Right. <laughs> like no, you know, I keep talking about my on the podcast. I have a neighbor that works for Facebook, and she's like my little like window into you know what's happening in these big companies, that's exactly what she's doing. She, there's an office that she didn't used to have access to that is closer, much closer to where we live instead of driving all the way to Menlo Park where Facebook is. Um, but she just goes there and I, she says, well, the office is open. The gym is open. I don't think the food maybe was open yet. So she said she walks down the halls and all the meeting rooms are full of people like on zoom <laughs> and that's a really international company. So I think they're on zoom a lot anyway. 
Yeah. You know, so, but she, yeah, it makes her happier to go into the office and sit on Zoom than sitting at home on Zoom because she likes the the amenities that are starting to open. She, I think she could, you know, I mean, Facebook has a lot of amenities, which was also kind of a big discussion. And I need to find a way to translate this to, to co-working, just like, you know, the amenities that the big companies are kind of putting in place to compel people to come. And it's, you know, it's, it's pretty meaningful. So I'm not sure. Yeah, well, if you, if that, you but... figure this out, uh, uh, that's going to be huge. Uh, yeah. I'm also from a company point of view, since we are in a, in, in a corking space uh, and we want to have the same amenities that Facebook is offering. So, but we don't have the, the, the people resource to actually pull this off and, 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 and make it available to employees. So if the space can do that, it's it's huge. It's a massive mm-hmm. win. Yeah. And you're in a big space, so they may have the scale to be able to do some of those things. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they are. They are trying. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. But it's not easy. Yeah. Yeah. Miro, anything else you want to draw attention to before we uh, wrap up? No, I think overall it's... Uh, um, uh, I'm, I'm I'm very positive, very bullish, as I mentioned. I'm I'm also very open uh, to to feedback. We'd love to hear your thoughts on on KPIs, on 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 data that you want to see here that can really um, support your businesses better. Um, so if you if you have any any thoughts and, and feedback for the Flex Index, feel free to reach out to me directly, Miro at officeID.com. Or our team, uh, we are all very open, happy to uh, to chat about that, uh, and 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 I'm sure uh, we can uh, listen well <laughs> and uh, um, hear your feedback. Miro, that's a very nice offer, and I'm sure that your inbox will be full of <laughs> suggestions. Yeah. Everybody loves data, right? It's just like you know, suggestions on software. You're, yeah, the the work that you do is never ending. You right, you get one thing checked off the list, and then something gets added to the list. I think it's the same thing, probably with with slicing data. So that's a great offer. I'll put Miro's uh, email address in the show notes. And then we'll uh, link to the Flex Index, which if you're listening and want to go find it, it's at officerind.com forward slash Flex Index. And you can download the beautiful, easy to read PDF and get your eyeballs on the data that we just talked through. Well, Miro, I'm going to let you go. It is now after eight o'clock and you need to get some sleep <laughs> and, and uh, have a nap before you have to, to get up uh, in the middle of the night to help. Um, thank you for okay. sharing. Okay, so. Yeah. <laughs> thank so, you so much for having me, Jamie. It was yeah. so nice to, to discuss uh, all of these. And uh, yeah, beautiful. Yeah, it's super helpful perspective. And and please thank your team who is working so hard, your new team members uh, on um, pulling the data and pulling the insights. We really appreciate it. I will. Um, Thank you. Have a good one. Thanks, Miro. Bye. Hey there. Thanks for sticking with us through the end of the episode. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast player. And if you are enjoying the podcast, please go leave us a review. 
It helps other folks find the podcast who are thinking about starting a co-working space or already operating a co-working space and are looking to stay up to speed on tips and trends. And we started a YouTube channel. We'd love to have you catch us on video. You can join us for podcast videos and Q&A videos and other things that we post to the channel. We'd love to see you there.